0: He who fights with monsters should take care that he himself does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. Friedrich Nietzsche.
1: You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We are two days away from Halloween, so our topic of today is big. Big and old and ancient. The almost gods that crop up in stories and legends that once upon a time ruled mankind.
0: A lot of these are pre gods, especially if you're looking at Greek Roman mythology, where Zeus came up and defeated the Titans, and therefore he became the dude in charge, even though he wasn't necessarily the first, like in the Judeo Christian idea.
1: So let's get into some examples. Of course, one of the first things you'll think about are, like Lee said, the titans. The gods before the gods.
0: A lot of these types of creatures are more primal in a way. They aren't as sophisticated as the gods. They aren't as moral. They're more animalistic in a lot of ways. I would
1: call them more feral. Along with the titans, at that time, you also had ancient spirits. You have dryads, nymphs in that category. If you go to more the Arabian area, those legends
0: are the genies and the djinn. A lot of the earth elementals fall into this category of the ancient spirits. Those beings connected
1: with the elements, water, earth, air, Because those things are seen as the base. The most ancient things that we humans can see are connected to the world itself.
0: And oftentimes humans are more kind of collateral damage when these types of spirits are warring. So in where we're broadcasting from, Northern California, we just had another terrible fire in the area. And it took place very close to another fire that happened two years ago. It would be easy to believe there is a fire spirit in that region of this area that is upset at the earth spirit because it keeps burning down the forest in the same spot over and over again.
1: You also have more modern creations, such as Cthulhu. H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos is a perfect example of this kind of being. In his books, in his stories, those creatures were the occupants of Earth before humankind existed, and they've been lying in wait just beyond our dimension or deep in the depths of the sea to come back and reclaim the Earth and enslave humankind.
0: There's a Native American tribe that I've taken an interest in that's in our area, Their creation story is that one of the gods created this whole area and then went and hid under a rock and he'll come back later kind of thing. So a lot of these types of monsters verge on gods, but they're laying in wait. Don't annoy them. Do not stare into that abyss or it will stare back into you.
1: If you call out to Cthulhu, he will come and you won't like it. Let the Ancient Ones sleep. And as we talked about a little bit in our aquatic episode, like some of the monsters in the Cthulhu mythos, you have those monsters, those ancient gods based in the sea, because it's vast, it's huge, and so unknown. And that's where you get creatures like the Leviathan and the Kraken, these huge, monstrous things that can just choose to kill you if they want to.
0: If you annoy them enough, I think... Most of the time, humans are more or less meaningless, or at best, tools to accomplish their goals. Defeating them is nigh impossible. I would put Godzilla in this category as well. One of the ways to make sure that these ancient type monsters are on your side is, of course, human sacrifice. Good way to make sure that they're fed, they're contented.
1: This is very common in a lot of old stories. Whether or not it actually happened is debatable, but a lot of ancient cultures, their stories, their mythos included some kind of sacrifice
0: in order to appease the gods. In the Greco-Roman mythology, Typhon was basically the god of volcanic forces And he gave birth to one of my favorites, which is Cerberus, the three-headed dog of hell, and a couple of other monsters we've talked about in the past. But he was also the godfather creature of dangerous winds, which is where we get the word typhoon. And he was eventually linked with the Egyptian god Seth. But he was initially the father of all monsters. He was birthed by Gaia, the earth. And then basically went wild and destroyed stuff. So
1: a fun one that's not quite so large as you would, you know, Cthulhu or Typhon is the Mongolian death worm. This is kind of an ancient legend story that this worm can spit acid at anyone and basically kill them. And that's the reason why locals tell people to not go wandering into the Gobi Desert but we've never quite been able to figure out if there's like an actual death worm or if it's just a
0: legend. Yeah, that one might fall a little bit under the cryptozoology category, which is another fun one to get lost in.
1: And unfortunately, one we can't quite approach for this month.
0: Next October, perhaps.
1: That would be fun. (laughs) So another ancient being where there are different kinds of legends from all around the world, include dragons. And it's really interesting to see the difference between the Eastern dragons and the
0: Western dragons. And there's even a winged serpent character in Native American lore as well. Quetzalcoatl is actually considered a god. But the Eastern style, the long serpentine with the almost wolf-like heads dragons... Very different from the Lord of the Rings dragon and or the worm and all of these other variations of dragon that people get way too pedantic about. Technically, Smog was a wyvern in the movie, not in the books. And just to clarify, a wyvern is
1: a two legged dragon where the front legs are also the wings. That's a wyvern. Western dragons have four legs and then wings on top of that. Just to be clear, I'm one of those people that gets pedantic about
0: dragons. One of the interesting things in the Dungeons and Dragons universe is that these are all the same creature at different stages of their lives. So they start fairly small as the worm, W-Y-R-M, and then they grow up into the wyvern and then they grow even older into the traditional dragon that you're thinking of.
1: And kind of a subcategory similar to the dragons, just like the Quetzalcoatl in Mesoamerica, where you have a basically flying serpent, you have in Southeast Asia the Nagas. And they are considered a Laotian dragon or a type of dragon that's usually benign. So they're not evil like the western dragons and they're not divine and good like the eastern dragons they're
0: more neutralish leaning toward the good side and if you wanted to research the will of the wisp and the fireballs that come from fresh water that's standing still the naga actually have their fire breathing from the same science of gases coming up and making a poof of fireball
1: So I love exploring ancients, especially if you're writing a fantasy story with a very deep and rich backstory. You can have so much fun with ancient deities, with ancient creatures that are larger than life. Brandon Sanderson does this just a little bit with the Stormlight Archive series.
0: If you want to write a bad guy that gets his comeuppance by his own means, this is a great way to approach that. That kind of thing is the story we see again and again and again with your ancients. Because even though you serve them, you
1: worship them, they don't really care about you. And if you get
0: in their way, they will destroy you. These monsters are fickle. They're gigantic. They're old. And you never want to annoy something that's old. Yeah. Appease these monsters do whatever sacrifices you need to do, and then stay out of their way as much as possible. If you have the choice between waking Cthulhu up and letting him sleep for the sake of all humanity,
1: always let him sleep. Always. Don't mess with the ancient gods.
0: Why would you do that? But if your character has annoyed these ancients in some way, good luck. A lot of the time, if you're creating
1: something new, you want to look into how they were first put to sleep. How were they first gotten rid of round one and then tried to recreate that? They did a little bit of that with the Percy Jackson series. Or if it's totally your own, just create something. Make it happen. It's your story. You get to do with it what you want, because you should be writing selfishly.